Welcome to the Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now, your host, Rick Hughes. Morning and welcome to the Flatline. I'm your host, Rick Hughes. And please, for the next few moments, will you stay with me? It's going to be some time of motivation, a little bit of inspiration, a whole lot of education. And you know this, it's no manipulation because we don't play games. We don't try to hustle people. We're not here to solicit money. We're not here to sell you anything. This show is simply about giving accurate information. And that information is designed to help you verify and identify the plan of God for your life. If you can do that, if you can listen, if you can learn, if you can relate, then you have the freedom and the privacy to adjust to that plan any time that you wish. But that's the only thing the flight line is on this radio station for. We now broadcast all across the United States from the great state of California to the state of New York. What an honor it has been to do this maybe close to 500 Sundays now. It's always a great honor to hear from you, to get a letter from you for you telling me how this show has encouraged you or what you've learned from this. And I'm very grateful for those opportunities. Let me remind you that we have a lot of material that's always available free of charge. Any one of our books you can order, such as Christian Problem Solving, that lists all 10 of the problem-solving devices. You can order Crash Course in Basic Christianity. You can order Understanding Your Soul. You can order Practicing Your Christianity. Or our latest book that we designed strictly for prisons. It's called A Divine Pardon. We also have that book printed in Spanish, and we're waiting on delivery now. So these are all available free of charge to any of you. And you can see them on our website by simply going to rickhughesministries.org. rickhughesministries.org. .org. Not .com, that's a barbecue guy. .org. And from there, if you want to order, you can place an order right over the Internet. Or you can write to me simply Post Office Box 100. And the city is Cropwell, Alabama. Cropwell. C-R-O-P-W-E-L-L, Cropwell, Alabama, 35054. You may be asking yourself, where is Cropwell? Well, it's a suburb of Birmingham, just outside of Birmingham, very near the Talladega Racetrack. So that's where I've been living for the last 30 years now. And what a privilege it is to bring you this radio show from my offices here in Cropwell, Alabama. Today I want to talk to you about something that is essential, something that all of us need to understand. From time to time you run into people when you talk about God and you talk about going to heaven, and sometimes these people have doubts. They have doubts that they really do have eternal life, that they really do possess that total forgiveness from God. And so I want to read a passage to you today and discuss it with you briefly. We don't do this very often, but I would say this could be a problem-solving device. It is confidence in God. Confidence in God is a problem-solving device. That's when you have used the faith rest drill, essentially, 
which is problem-solving device number three out of the ten unique problem-solving devices. Do you know them? You know, we've been teaching them now for years. If you don't know them, order that book, Christian Problem Solving. We have all ten of them listed there for you. But confidence in God is essential. And so here we go. I'm reading from 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. This is the record that God has given to us eternal life and that this life is in his Son. So we have the record, the proof, the verifiable proof that God has given to us eternal life. Yes, he has. And where is that eternal life located? In his Son. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the next verse goes on to say, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. If you want to have eternal life, you must possess Jesus Christ. Now what does that mean? The Bible says to as many as received him, to them God gave the right to become sons of God, even to them that just believe in his name. To receive Jesus Christ as your Savior is not the act of joining anything. It's not the act of following some ritual at some church. It's the act of faith alone in Christ alone. Listen to what Jesus told Nicodemus. God so loved the world. You remember that? John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The issue was that the Jews did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And, the, and eventually they did reject him as Messiah and had him crucified at the hands of Pilate. The issue is, will you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the anointed Son of God? In John 6.40, Jesus said, This is the will of the one that sent me, that you believe in me whom he have sent. The Bible goes on to say, He that believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And he that believeth not, the wrath of God abideth on him already. So the issue is always, do you believe in Jesus Christ? In 1 John 5, 1, he that believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the anointed Son of God, then you will believe that he went to the cross and that on the cross he paid for your sin. He who knew no sin, quoting the Bible, was made sin for us so that we may be made the righteousness of God through him. So there was a barrier between you and God, and that barrier had to be bridged. And so by our Lord Jesus Christ going to the cross, acting as a substitute, Dying in our place, he satisfied the justice of God. You see, the justice of God is always the guardian of the righteousness of God. And what the righteousness of God says no to, then the justice of God must judge. But now when Christ bridged that gap, when he paid for our sin, 
once we come to Christ and receive him as our Savior, then the Father looks upon us as righteous. Why? Because of something we did? No, not at all. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast about it. The gift is the gift of eternal life. The gift is the gift of the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, his anointed son, who took our place. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. And yet he died for us. And if we believe that, and if we believe that, then we have eternal life. But you cannot mix faith and works together because they cancel each other out. You see, if you say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but I also believe that if I'm not baptized, I'm not going to heaven. Well, you haven't believed in faith alone, in Christ alone. You've believed and added something to it. Whenever you try to add something to it, it doesn't work. It's faith <clears throat> alone in Christ alone. It's not faith plus giving up smoking. It's not faith plus never taking another drink. It's faith alone in Christ alone. It's faith in what he did at the cross for you. It's faith in who he is. And so the Bible goes on to say that. This is the record. God has given to us his, has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Prepositional phrase, in his son. He that has the son has life, and he that hath not the son of God hath not life. To as many as received him, the Bible says, to them God gave the right to become his children. How do you receive him? By faith. There's a verse that says, whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And at some point of time in your life, there's going to come a time of recognition. And maybe you can express yourself to God by simply saying, Father, <clears throat> I believe that Jesus Christ is your son, and I am willing to accept him as my Savior. That's a simple prayer but it is the most powerful prayer in the world. That is the single most significant decision that you or I could ever make in our life. Would you consider praying at this very moment? Would you consider praying to yourself? God can hear it, it doesn't have to be out loud, but you could to yourself simply say, Father, addressing God, I believe Jesus Christ is your anointed son that's your testimony, and I want to receive him as my Savior. That's your request. Father, I believe Jesus Christ is your anointed Son, and I want <clears throat> to receive him as my Savior. Now, do you think God would let you down? No. Did you just ask God to give you eternal life by receiving Christ? Yes. Well, listen to verse 13 of 1 John chapter 5. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. That's you. You just demonstrated that in your prayer to the Father. 
These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, so that you may know, know, K-N-O-W, so that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. In other words, you can trust that. How do you know it? God is not a liar. Listen to the next verse. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Well, what did Jesus say the will of God is? This is the will of God that you believe in me whom he hath sent, John six forty. Did you just ask God to save you? Is that in his will? The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You ask him something that's in his will. And that's what it says. If this is a confidence that we have in him, and if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Did God hear your prayer? Yes, he did. And we know that he hears us, whatever we ask. And we know we have the request that we desire from him. You ask God to save you. And that's his will. That's why he sent his son. And now you can know confidently that he did it. He's not a liar. He would not mislead you. And thus we go back to the first part of that verse. God has given to us eternal life. This life is in his son. And he that has the son has life. These things are written so you may know it. You can know it from this day forward. There is never another reason for you to ever say, I hope I'm going to heaven. You don't have to say that. You can say, I know I'm going to heaven. Why do you know that? Because you received Jesus Christ as your Savior. You didn't go down an aisle to do it. You didn't follow a ritual to do it. You simply, by faith, prayed a simple prayer. And God, in his omnipotence, honored your faith. You didn't feel it. I mean, it didn't. When I accepted Christ, I didn't feel it either. I didn't even see an angel. I didn't hear a harp. The room didn't shake. But it happened because God said it would happen. And I, it took a while for me to figure it out. I can assure you of that. But I know that the night after I did this, after I accepted Christ, that night was the first night in quite a while that I didn't have regrets and I didn't look back at all the stupid things I'd done and wish they could go away. Because the Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Look back in your life. Look back at the mistakes. And now look forward. It's like a clean slate has been given you. God has wiped away all those past sins. And here's the unique thing about Christ. Not only did he die for all the sins of the past, but he died for all the sins in the future. If you had one sin, you couldn't get into heaven because the righteousness of God is so perfect that he would reject it. 
you see. And you can't get into heaven by being good because the righteousness of God is so perfect that he rejects that. Where is that in the Bible? In Isaiah, where the Bible says there are none that are righteous. No, not even one. All of our righteousnesses are like a filthy rag in God's eyes. So you can't get to heaven by being good. That doesn't impress God. And the reason is because you're born a sinner. The Bible says, for by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and now death has passed on all. For all have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. You were born spiritually dead, physically alive, but spiritually dead. And when you die physically, without having a spiritual birth, without being born again, then you will face the judgment of God. And it's not going to be nice. There is the great white throne of judgment. It's written about in the book of Revelation. At the great white throne of judgment, you're going to find a most amazing thing. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, first of all, let me say that you will not be there. You will have already arrived in heaven. You will have already been judged according to your production. You will have already received your rewards. But this is something different. In Revelation 20, 11, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. In other words, there's no place a lost man can hide from this judgment. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. Notice it's a plural here, more than one. The books were opened. And then another book, here's a singular, another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. You with me? And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead that were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whoever was not found written in the book of life, that's the singular book, he was cast into the lake of fire. Here's the principle. Either you are born twice or you will die twice. The first birth is a physical birth. You don't have anything to do with it. The second birth is a spiritual birth. That's what happens when you receive Christ as your Savior. Without receiving Christ as your Savior, you will die a physical death, and then you will die the second death, which is being cast into the lake of fire forever. Now, what about these books? Well, first of all, the book of life. What is that? That is the name of every living believer, every believer, anyone who has accepted Christ as Savior. For example, I'll show you how it works. When you're born, your name is put into the book of life. 
When you die, if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, your name is blotted out, and you've died the first death. Then when you show up at the judgment seat of God right here at the great white throne of judgment, your name is not there. And so you may say, well, listen, look again. Look under my zip code. I moved. And the angel will tell the father, no, his name is not here. And you will say, well, there must be some mistake. And there is no mistake because you never received Christ as your Savior. You never had faith alone in Christ alone. You trusted Christ in your works. You trusted Christ and your membership. You trusted Christ and your baptism. You thought you could have something to do with it. Anytime you add to it, you canceled from it. It's faith alone. And so we go to the book of life. Is his name in the book of life? And the angel of God will say, no, it's not. It's been blotted out. And now we know you've died the first death without Christ. And now you will die the second death placed into the lake of fire forever. Is your name in the Lamb's book of life? Simply means have you received Christ as your Savior? If you haven't, remember what the Bible says, in that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not do many wonderful things in thy name? Did I not cast out devils? Did I not do this, do that? He said, I will tell them, I never knew you. It is possible to be religious and not saved. It is possible to have a membership in a denomination and not be a Christian. It is possible to be a pastor and not be a Christian. Because Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. Christianity is Jesus Christ living inside of you. That was the great mystery doctrine of the church. It's called Christ in us, the hope of glory. Paul put it this way, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When we receive Christ as our Savior, he comes in and indwells us. When we sin as a Christian, we kind of ask him to step outside for a while. And then he's knocking on the door. And the Bible says, if any man will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in to sup with him. I stand at the door and I knock, the Lord Jesus Christ said. That's not about being saved. That's about a Christian out of fellowship who's put Jesus Christ out of his life. And he needs to be the center of your life. He needs to be in control of your life. As you grow spiritually, as you surrender your will to him, as you become the man or the woman that he designed you to be, but Christ lives in you if you're a Christian. If you're not, then I don't care how sweet, how good, how nice, whatever you appear like, whatever you look like, whatever your platform is, you will die and you will go to the lake of fire because you trusted in your own works you trust it in yourself, and that is not God's plan. God's plan always has been faith alone 
in Christ alone. People in the Old Testament believed the same way you do. They look forward to the coming of the Redeemer. We look back at the Redeemer. It's the same person. It's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the one who redeems us out of the slave market of sin. He paid the penalty. He satisfied the justice of God. Our sins were imputed to him. His righteousness is given to us. God is satisfied in the work of Christ on the cross. You can't add to it. You can't help it. No more than you could step outside of a jetliner that is flying across America and push. You're not going to get it there. It's not going to work. And you can't help God. He has planned it. Christ has done it. The Holy Spirit has made it happen. And it's available for all of us today. So clear. Whoever's name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. How does your name get there? Once again, when you're born. But when you die without having received Christ, you've died the first death, and your name is blotted out. And then when you're at this great white throne of judgment, once you realize your name's not in the Lamb's book of life, then you will try to vindicate yourself by showing the Father all the works you have done. I tithed, I joined up, I never cussed, I never drank, I never cheated, I never this, I never that. Depart from me, he said, ye that work iniquity. Good works does not save you. Again, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's a gift of God and not of works, lest any man would brag about it. Then what does Jesus Christ say? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I give unto them eternal life, and they will never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no one can take them out of my Father's hand. Paul wrote it this way, Even if we believe not, yet he, God, abides faithful, for he cannot deny himself. There are people who accept Christ at a young age, and then they wander off to some university, and they forget about God, and maybe they go into some search of some sort of psychology or Gnosticism or liberalism or whatever. If you go back to when they were 10 or 11, when they accepted Christ as their Savior, that's when they were saved. They're going to be in heaven. They're going to have eternal life because they put their faith in Christ. They will have minus rewards. That's the other judgment. That's the judgment seat of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 through 16. Remember the wood, hay, and stubble? The gold, silver, and precious stones? That's the other judgment. That's a lot to think about. Pretty strong words to say. I hope you listened. Until next week, this is your host, Rick Hughes, saying thank you for listening to The Flatline. Thank you for listening to The Floodline with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, 
please write to him at P.O. Box 100, Cropwell, Alabama, 35054, or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.